What's happening? Robert Bruce right here, back at my favourite place at the Barbs to see another amazing show with a special guest. We got to see the UK Drill Project, brought to you by High Rise Entertainment, a show that seeks to challenge the myths surrounding UK drill music and its links to youth violence. Can't wait to talk about it. Let's get into it. Yes, what's happening? Robert Bruce back at the Barbs for another wicked show that we got to see, the UK Drill Project. And I went with a special guest as well. You might know him for his silky flows, amazing voice, coldest raps as well. Can I get a hello? My name is and I am. Yo, my name is Johnny Blackman. I'm a rapper from London. Yes, yes, yes. And you was at the Barbican. How was it? Have you been here before? Yeah, a lot of times. I actually came here the other day my mum to do like an architectural walk around. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Although I also heard from secondhand that there was a lot of bias because people that basically people that live here get first dibs on who can do the tours. Um, but they just like to chat about how sick it is here. No so way. It's, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a cool building. So you said it was an architectural walk around. Yeah. And who's into architecture? You or, you or your mum? Both of us. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And what did you see? Like, what did you take in? Uh, so... There was lots of stuff about how, during the time it was uh, designed, so I'll give you a walkthrough. <laughs> uh, it was designed like they were really into it. People think that it's brutalist, but it's actually not. It's more uh, based on like old school Egyptian uh, shapes. So you get lots of stuff like the half circles. And if you look at that building up there, like all the cartoons that come out like that, it's interesting. No, oh, that's crazy. I yeah. did not know at all. Have you always been interested in architecture? Mm, yeah, I guess so. What was your perception of the Barbican before, like, growing up sort of thing? Or when was the first time you came? Do you have a perception of the Barbican? I do. Like I remember the first time I ever came here was for a Star Wars exhibition mm. when I was really young, yeah. And I just remember feeling like it was something from Star Wars. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just nice. That's what I think of every time I come. So, obviously, the UK Drill Project was different <laughs> to the Star Wars <laughs> it exhibition. It was just a little bit. When you walked in, what did you expect, first and foremost? Like, did you look into the show before or did you think, I'm just going to come and take it in as it is sort of thing? Yeah, I, that's that one, second. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. It was interesting getting the context of the exhibition first, like the space and, and seeing, kind of framed what they were going to be going into, I guess, because I wasn't really sure whether it was just going to be music-based or whether they're going to give, like, I guess, more, like, social commentary vibes. Um, so, yeah, I kind of knew what to expect after seeing the exhibition. It's cool that you got to see this show because obviously you're an artist yourself, you're mm -hmm. a musician yourself, so we can dive into so much, but what were your overall takes on the show from like the jump, just an overview of the Drill Project? Um, so I thought it was very impactful. There were lots of special moments, I think. I think it's really difficult. That story's been told so many times in terms of uh, kids in inner cities and like, I know obviously I'm from London, I've grown up in it, so it's, it's quite hard for me to see something and be genuinely interested in it. Especially now, like, it's kind of generalised. You have things like Top Boy that also giving it to the wider public. The story's been told a lot. So I thought it was really interesting framing it through Drill. I thought there were some things that I hadn't seen before, which is unusual. But we're going to get there. We're going to get to talk about the show even more in depth. But we're going to know a little bit about you as well. First of all, what were your, like, musical influences growing up? Mm, R&B, really. And... Yeah. Uh, Rap to an extent, but definitely R&B. I loved it, and, and soul. I play saxophone as well, so that was a lot of, lot of that in my house. 
Um, what, what sort of artists are you listening to? Lauren Hill. Yeah. Mary J. Um, yeah, Jay-Z. But like also uh, Usher, who I think I said earlier is <laughs> opening a roller rink <laughs> later on. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm going to and aiming to not just write off in front of him. <laughs> I never know. So a bit of Lauren Hill, a little bit of Usher. What comes first, sax or rapping? Rapping. Rapping. Well, first. sax came first, but rapping comes first. Because like in your like yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. me for me because I don't know I always struggled a little bit with sax being an extension of my body, and I used to get really nervous playing it, um, like shaking which obviously that makes it really hard to play. Uh, whereas I I never get nervous if I go on stage. Do you, so what age did you start playing sax? Nine. Age nine, and did you like still to this day? Yeah. Still play to this day, and then what age did you start rapping? Ten, eleven. Okay, it was, exactly. but it was like park kind of vibes. It was just like that was the thing. It was just spitting, just buzzing in a park with people. Where you go home, write something, someone send for you. You come <laughs> back and then be like, oh. and then like, there was that. Like when you're ten and you start rapping, who are you looking to? Uh, my first, like, I guess influence in in growing proper proper influence was Dizzy. I used to have loads of like Reebok MP3s that got sent to me, but uh, I had a CD that was just burnt. And someone gave it to me and I was going on like a, a camp thing. And it was outside of London. It was the first time I'd been like outside of London in England. Because mm -hmm. I don't know people from London, but like, we just don't really see that, the rest of England. I know yeah. that's so bad, but it's so London centric. Like there's just no other part of the UK, you know, other countries, but like I didn't know anywhere. So, um, so yeah, so I met other people and they were not like me at all. So I kind of lost myself in this CD. And yeah, it was Boy in the Corner. And um, in the corner. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, and it got, it got me. So that's, that was my first like body of work. So growing. Did that inspire you to do music or were you doing music before? I was already doing it. You was already doing but like, it. it was the first time that I really clocked like songs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like songs in growing. Got you. I'd had songs in R&B around me all the time and like soul and et cetera, but I hadn't really had grime songs around me. Mm -hmm. Especially of my own, I'm, I'm an only child, so I didn't have like older siblings passing music down. Got you. Um, so it was like, it was all me basically that I was finding stuff or, or friends, yeah. Is that like MySpace age? What is like, what's happening online around yeah. them two? Is it MySpace, Pixel, Facebook, or not quite? Not even. Not yet, not it's yet. Inf it's infrared. It's infrared still, we're Bluetooth. Okay, Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Just, just transitioning. Well, like the first, when I first started putting stuff out, it was on MySpace, yeah. It was on MySpace. But like, we were like 12, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So it was MySpace when you first started putting out music. And then you follow sort of the path of UK music going on, like from when you first started putting out music to where you are now, how yeah. long has that been? I would, you know what? I'd, I've been through different phases. It was really interesting. I, um, I looked at, I got playlist on, on Radio 1 uh, yesterday and I looked at the list and it was actually mad looking at it because I think there are like five artists that through different points in my career life or whatever like I've worked with so this this girl called Rina Sawayama who um, I was in a band with when I was in college uh, Fred again Fred Gibson who did my first EP like Connie Constance and Laura Carner who I was on my first label with when I'd, we're all in it at the same time yeah. and it's mad like music you never really clock like how much people have done or where people have been and rah rah. So, so yeah. So I would say there have been different stages. I think my my most comfortable 
has probably come in the last couple of years, last okay. few years, since I worked out what it was that I wanted to do. But I've been making music, like, yeah. What is it that you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to remember what it was that I did on MySpace. But it was like, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad, but like, it was like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you, but yeah, there was, okay. it, wasn't, it, it wasn't what it was now. Fair enough, fair enough. You said you mentioned the band? Yeah. What was the band like? What was the band about? The band was, uh, it was me and also the guitarist in, uh, uh, he's in Wolf Alice now, but like, yeah, so it was a mad combination of, of us, uh, but it was kind of, it was basically that, it was like hip hop and he played guitar, Rena was singing, I was rapping. Okay. Yeah, it was that, that was that, it was, like, it was actually sick. So from being inspired by R&B and soul, listening to Dizzy Rascal for the first time, creating your own music, you've seen like cycles of music. What do you make of like how the cycles come round and things come in and things come out? I, I feel like people kind of exist in moments a lot of the time and forget that music always is changing. And like now, obviously, House is having a bit of a moment like this popping and, and everyone's gassed, but like, like people in a year will completely forget that there was any other type of music. Yeah. And then in five years time, people will be like, oh yeah, I remember when that house thing was happening. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but like, this, it's, but I guess it's like any industry that if you're in it for a while, you just see fashions change and come in and out. And I don't know, I feel like the best way of, of consistency is just doing the thing that you want to do the most. The reason I say that, because I feel like we've come into a moment where drill is very, very heavy. Even to the fact that we've got a drill musical mm. at the Barbican. Like, can you plan for these things or you just have to go with the journey and see what comes in and what comes out sort of thing? So, so I, I would, obviously, it's my own opinion, but I would say that I think that probably the, the peak of drill entering the mainstream was last year. Uh, now it's kind of filtered into that very interesting stage where a new music has to work out what it is. So like you had it with Garage and, and stuff like that where you peaked, you had, the, you had the anthems, you had the bangers, and then it kind of, it went away and it, and it existed in the underground for ages. And I had to work out how it was gonna refilter back into music. And because it's so influential, like you have, like Drill is influential in terms of the sound internationally, it's, it's an influential, sonically influential. So it will find its way back in but it's just how it finds it. It may not be called drill anymore. Same way that like you have all this new garage that's coming through generationally, where it's like, oh right, like these kids were probably listening to their parents even banging garage tunes in the noughties or whatever. And now it's come back through and it's faster and like there's more singing, but like, um, yeah, it's different. It's just it's different. the origins. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's consolidated itself enough that it will, it will just exist now, but it's just how it, how it comes back in and out. And just like I feel grime, rap, even punk, like lots of sounds and genres always challenge society yeah. in a sense. And of recent years, it's been drill. Everything's been about drill music and lyrics and the negative impact. Is it influencing people? And then we get to see a show at the Barbican, like the one that we got to view. What do you make of that whole balance of music shaping, changing, being created because of society? Like what comes first? The experience uh, of the art well, or the art and the, the experience? experience always comes first. I would just say it's, it's, it's the same rhetoric, isn't it, that they use every time with, with anything. It's, it's kind of demonising something because it's new. 
was watching a series the other day about auto-tune by TV and bless him, man. He went through some he went through some stuff and like yeah. he was chatting about this period of time when he first put out about how he first found it and and, and like you have to respect it, but people he really respected and admired were just like, yeah, you fucked up music. And it was like, oh, rah, um, that was the beginning of a really long downhill spiral for me because I, uh, I, I was like, what am I doing? And, and these people that I love are telling me that it's wrong or it's gimmicky or whatever. But he made the, the very valid point that whenever you're the first person to do something, you're always trashed, you always get the worst of it because people don't like innovation. People like, it kind of challenges the constructs that they're in in the first place. And as soon as you do that, people feel unsettled. And that's, that's, that's a general thing as well. That's not just music, that's everything. So when you have that kind of situation, you really have to dig deep and be like, okay, cool, what is it that I'm in for? I guess that's kind of what's happening with Drill to an extent is why, um, why are we making it? Is it for the art? Is it because it's a reflection of our lives? Um, I'm sure there's a point where they kind of meet in the middle uh, and there are people on the other ends of the spectrum and there'll always be people that pull that away from the art and there are people that are genuinely just making it because they want to tell you how many people that they got like last week mm -hmm. and there are some people that are like i really need i need an, a form of expression that can tell you about my life so it's different how do you think the show sort of depicted that journey because we basically see a group who get some sort of viral success and then real life catches up with them law and all of these sort of things do you think how did you see it from the point of view of the show and watching the play? So, I think the most, what's the word? I think the most visceral moment for me was watching this, the, the boy when he goes in, TJ, when he goes in and he's um, just been arrested for the first time and he's fresh. And then there's the, the audio chatting about going into prison for the first time and how you have to make a choice and kind of, uh, integrated into that as a, as a position and, and being caught basically. And, and he like, yeah, and, and not really feeling like he would, he belonged there. But I think it, it, it really just brought home how hard that is. If you're in that position where once you get caught, you really have to make, you have to make that call. Like, are you gonna dig in deeper or are you gonna sit on the outside and be taken for a dickhead? Like, is that gonna be, who are you gonna be? within the system that you've now been caught in, as opposed to being on the outside where you still get to kind of tread the line a little bit, like with him and his uh, men mentor, was it youth worker? Yeah, his youth worker, yeah. When, when he's kind of, the other boy, when he's like, oh, like, I'm not like this, or like three steps ahead, and blah, blah, blah. when you're still, you still have options. So when those options are taken away from you, and like, yeah. Pull back to the that. bare bones sort of thing. Yeah, what do you, what do, you do? How do you do? That was, that, was, that was a bit of a moment, I think, for me. Because I've, I've, I've been, there, I know a lot of people that have, and treading the line is hard. Like, especially, I mean, it's hard everywhere, but like in the city, it's very hard. So, yeah, it kind of brought it home that you actually have to really think about those moments. Um, yeah, and that was interesting for me because I see stuff all the time. So, like on like on top, where I see it all the time, it doesn't really resonate in the same way. But but it did seeing it. Yeah, I feel like it comes different when you see it in a play yeah. i don't know what it is if it's the emotion that you can get i don't know what it's, do you think it's live it's live it's because it's live because it's, it's live it's live. that's my favorite point point of music as well it's live it's like for me it always feels like you're recreating the thing that you made in the studio with people yeah so the emotion is real again 
So I guess like you write down those, those stories, those experiences, etc., because you know them, but then they become real when you see them in person. Like that person is actually going through it if they're a good actor, which they were. I'll take the cast, but they, they, they were good. They yeah, were good. They were good. good. I think High Rise really smashed it. And I was interested to see your point of view as an artist, because in that opening scene where they're shooting the music video, and even in the scenes where they're creating the music and like they're going over the lyrics and whatnot, did any of it like resonate with you as an artist? Like, what is that process when you've gone studio, you've created something? You're now shooting the video. What was it like watching that? Um, yeah, it's not like that for me. <laughs> or what's it like for you? No, then? it's not like yeah. that for me. Like, uh, I don't know. I actually, um, I don't make music with other people in that same way. Like, I don't. I never really had friends in the studio because, I mean, actually, it's a good point because I don't. I don't make music with friends in the studio because I feel like you would make different music. It probably would be less true to yourself because you're influenced by the people around you, whether it's uh, intentionally pressured or, or whatever, because I think it was intentional. Yeah, in it was, yeah. But people, people mold themselves around the groups that they're in. I'm not a great group person, if I'm honest. Like, I have a group of friends, but they're all individuals that I've met through my life. I like groups of people that I meet, but I just fucking hate group dynamics, man. It makes mm. people idiots. And it, yeah. it does, it does, it does. It makes people stupid. And like, I really struggle to integrate into some situations because I have quite a strong idea about what I like. Like when I was when I was younger, when I was in those situations, the reason I ended up not going through is because like so much of me was being taken away and I felt it and I was just like, I, I remember like people being like, why do you smile so much? I was like, what? <laughs> it was so weird to me. I was like, but they were like, why do you smile so much? And I was just like that, I just, yeah, I couldn't get it. And um, so yeah, so, but so anyway, so in terms of music, I don't, bring people into... Yeah, so what's your process? Like, talk us through mm. your process. Yeah, it depends, man. Like, over lockdown, it was... So I produce as well, but I, I really get a lot from working with other producers, and, I, and other, I work with other producers more than I produce myself. But I love to be hands-on. Um, and I guess, like, writing in the studio uh, is... It can either be really, really quick and, and insular, or you're kind of working through a process. It depends what it's about. Like, there are some songs where I don't really need, I don't really ask people stuff. People, if you work with anyone, like I laugh to myself. <laughs> I laugh to myself a lot um, when I feel like there's something funny, but then I'll wait until I'm either on the mic or I'll like, yeah, which is actually really different to how I used to work because I did come from a background of, of it's almost like show and tell a little bit yeah. when, you, when you like spit bars in the park, or whatever, you're like, this is what I did. You either get a good response, you get a bad response. Um, and then you'll know whether it was shit and never to say it again. <laughs> um, but like, but now I kind of, this is everyone that you do that to. So if I write a track, I'm like, all right, cool. I, um, I know what the, the vibe will be after it's out, which is a little bit less satisfying sometimes, which is why I like doing live so much, because then you get to see people. And yeah, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, yeah, that hits. Yeah. Wow, that is wicked. Like, when I'm watching the show, I'm thinking about just different elements for example, when the kid is playing VR or when they're all celebrating the views that they've got and whatnot. And mm. with some of it, you can identify with... Yeah, I've got a VR headset. It gets like that. I does it get, yeah, what's it like? you got a VR headset? Yeah, yeah, I nearly smashed my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it does get... <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah. watching them sort of things and I feel like people that criticise drill often don't see the humans mm. behind it. Mm. What do you feel about 
like the normal person behind making music and a conversation being had with that person that makes music. I feel like a lot of the discussion and argument around drill music doesn't involve people that make music. Yeah. It always involves some sort of expert or yeah. some knowledgeable person. But when you break it down to the essence, what do you see in that? What do you see from the show sort of thing? Um, I thought it was interesting how they touched on towards the end the the guys. Well, the the Project Alpha thing was was say that was one of my favorite things. Um, just about the interpret interpreting drill lyrics to convict kids when it was sometimes fabricated or it was just them being in places and and thinking that it sounded cool. I thought that was very interesting. Taking words and and uh, I guess taking the art and making it making it a confession. Um, and those people that are doing that have no experience about what they're actually talking about. It's like, it's, yeah. I mean, I know it was intentionally cringy, but like, it is cringy when you hear people like experts being like, oh, well, rah, rah, rah. Do you know what, actually? So I had a really mad moment the other day because I had a chat with a friend who said something to me. Well, I was chatting about something else that was kind of similar to this. Yeah. And I know from experience, the narrative has always been, if you are, like, if you're a certain age, everything is so violent. It was the same when I was younger. It was the same when my mum was younger. It's been the same since teenagers were created in the 50s. Like, yeah. No, I swear down that a little bit earlier, but yeah, yeah like, when the idea of being a teenager was created. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because there was no teenagers before. It was just you were young and then you were adult. Like, you had, like, your, uh, yeah, you were just... In Victorian times, there were no teenagers. <laughs> you were working at nine. Like there was, it's a new thing. Even the idea of being a teenager is is new. So, um, since there's been teenagers, there's always been conversations about what it's like to be a teenager, and it's always been, ah, oh, the teen, the youth nowadays, they're so violent, Lara. And he said it to me, and I was like, right, like, do you not understand? That's what we had. I was like, we, you, it's so interesting. Once you hit a certain point, it's just like the natural thing to move into, where, you, where, I guess. I don't know, you're at a certain stage in your life where you slip into the same old things that the older people before you had. And I just don't think it's true. Yeah, there, there is a lot of violence. Um, and I guess on paper, different types of violence, uh, bigger knives, more gun crime. But I think the actual, the root of it is the same. Like it's societal issues. It's not that the youth are more violent now. It's just that society is more fucked up, so it's, re it's related, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's tan tangential, tangential, the relationship. Yeah. As things increase, like, obviously things get more violent, but it's not, um, yeah, it's not that youth are becoming more violent out of nothing. They're not just being born more violent now. So, um, so yeah, so when you hear people talk about it and they're like, oh, like, kids nowadays, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, and it's the same conversation that's been happening for years, because people like to blame something. You want to scapegoat it on music music's like people love music because no one can really like back it or defend it mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like when you say it's quite hard to defend your music especially when it sounds like that so um so yeah it's i i i was about to say i think fuck them but like do you know what i mean <laughs> like i don't really care what they have to say because i don't think that they're i think they're not informed by the right things and i yeah. think that the uh the things that they're saying are the same things people have always said I don't know whether this was intentional, but the, the there wasn't there wasn't any like massive relationship stuff in there, except for the one between TJ's. I think it was his sister and and the other yeah the other guy. Um, 
I thought maybe that might be something that's going on, that the kind of balance between people feeling connected and being in relationships is getting harder. I feel like social media came up in terms of the virality of the, yeah, of the video, but it didn't really come up in terms of how people are dealing with relationships in today's world, because it's hard maintaining mm. stuff when you have hundreds of people like A, that you're looking at, also looking at you. Um, and they seemed to not be on the same page. I don't know. It's like they connected around the thing. So whether it was playing games, they connected on that, or the VR headset, they connected on that, or the music, they connected on that, but without connecting with each other, yeah, yeah. and really keeping each other in check. That's like kind of true to like some groups and some stuff. Like some people fall into a group just because that's the first person you met at school or that's the football team that you play for. You just fall into a group and then you grow up and go your separate ways and get divided. But yeah. do you think that's reflective of what's going on in society a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's like well documented that people, people are always saying like, we're the most connected, but the least connected that we've ever been. Um, it's it's pro problematic when it comes to things like, I guess, the music and kids, because if you don't feel connected to the people around you, then you're going to be more likely to make bad decisions, I guess. Like, and if you're being influenced by people that you'll never see, like, you like what, a hundred comments on something being like, oh, I did this to my man, or rah, 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 and it's like, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to base what I do next off whether they're going to react to it as opposed to what your immediate surroundings are. Like, obviously, you can make bad decisions anyway, but I think it just accelerates it. And there are more people to tell you the wrong thing to do, and there's more of a platform. You're, it's easier to, to benefit off of it in certain ways, which I guess is kind of goes back to what he was shocked by, TJ was shocked by, is that like he was really excited about benefiting off the, the thing of drill, but wasn't really prepared for the consequences of it. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that comes a lot in that sort of drill space. But what I find interesting is how drill is so commercially viable, like in the UK, around the world, and the audiences that buy into it. Mm. What do you think gravitates people towards drill? I think, Even this, I, think, yeah. I, think I think violence is viable. You think it's the, I the think violence? violence is, yeah, it's cultural safari, man. Like everything that people like is things that they don't have. It's on the other side of stuff. And it's violence. People love violent things. People have always loved violent things. Whether it's TV or film or literature or music, it's the violence. It's because it's extreme. It's like fucking the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. It's so, it's wild to me that it's so big and like it's so incredibly violent and twisted, but people love it. People love it because it's like what you would never see in your life. Um, so yeah, so that's what it is. It's not necessarily... I don't think people really care about necessarily. It is good to listen to. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some. There's draw beats that are banging, and and I think as a form of music, it has a lot to say for itself sonically. But people love violence. People have always loved violence. When you say that, it's true. Because imagine all of the films you go and watch at the cinema. Like, I remember one time I was watching James Bond here, and I was like, we've been so conditioned to this is normal, and like, yeah. people just get shot and stuff blowing up and. Imagine someone made a James Bond drill song. Yeah. People would be like, no, it's too much. Like, yeah. Too much and stuff. But it's why, but it's why I kind of dismiss that anybody that has any comments on, on drill, because who's, who's framing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, who's giving you the context? If you're saying drill is violent and it's influencing the youth, 
Like, so you've made that rule for one thing, but you obviously don't really care about the things that you either don't want to see or you want to like willfully ignore. Um, but it was the same with games. When games, I was watching something the other day on the gaming kind of, well, the process of gaming yeah. games, the way that, like game, even Dungeons and Dragons, there used to be a mad thing about it. Like they were like, oh, it's satanic. I think they, they referenced it in Stranger Things. And the whole, in fact, the whole last season was about the whole thing about Dungeons and Dragons being satanic. It's a fucking board game. So I'm gonna start saying that. But like, <laughs> it's, um, it's a board game, do you know what I mean? Like, and so people will find the thing that they, they wanna use as the scapegoat because it's easier than addressing the problems themselves. Like maybe you should engage with your kids more. Maybe you should provide more service for them. Maybe you should put stuff back into the community where they can go. Nah, nah that's long. That's long yeah. and it comes out of my pocket. So no, I'll, I'll scapegoat the, the, the easiest form of, of thing to comment on. It's easier to diminish the thing than change the thing. Yeah. And I feel like young people have found something that they love and every generation founds, finds a genre of music that they love and so much people are ready to quash it down. And even the idea of drill being at the Barbican, it'll probably for me be one of the places I wouldn't expect a drill show to be at, but it was here. And from all the shows or the majority of shows that I've been to, it was one of the most diverse audiences mm -hmm. that I saw. Like I was shocked at the people that I see in the crowd. Did you expect that sort of crowd to be there for the show? Um, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I, I've, I've kind of seen music across the arts for like a while. So stuff like this isn't necessarily surprising, but I always appreciate seeing it. And um, and like seeing these kind of things in those spaces. I, was, I did, I was, I was really, I felt really honored actually the other day I did, I presented a, an award for a photography award in the borough that I'm from, from Labrador Grove, but it was in the Saatchi Gallery. And like, there was all these kids, like I think it was like nine to, or even younger from like five to, to 18. And they had all of their photos exhibited in this space and it was mad. And I was just like, wow, like they've actually, they've put them here and, and it does give a sense of worth. It, it, it kind of validates whether that's right or wrong is a different conversation, but like it validates what they're doing because it's like, okay, we can also be in these spaces. And, um, and it was actually mad because the, the winning photo behind me was the daughter of someone that I'd grown up with. Wow. Yeah, and I was just like, right, like, and it felt like a really nice full circle um, moment. But so yeah, so seeing, seeing the draw thing in the Barbican is not necessarily something that was unexpected, but I do have a lot of time for it. And I feel like it held its own as a piece of art in a space where there has been some really great art. And what does making music do for you? Because I'm looking at that show, the UK Drill Project that we saw, and I see so much of the young artists that hit me up and they're like, I've just made this, can you check me out? This is rough, what do you think? Like, what do you get from making music and performing it? Oh, I've, everything. I, I feel really lucky, actually. Because this is what I've been doing for a minute. Like that's my job. That's just my main thing. Like I, and I do feel really lucky that it's, it's the thing that I get to do all the time. I try and remind myself all the time not to take it for granted. Because I have I I worked when I first came out of uni, and um, and yeah, it was it's different. It's different. It's a different world. Music is a crazy world. Like it's there's some real highs, but the lows can be very low. Um, I think not mentioning any, any, yeah, not mentioning anyone by name, but there's a long way to go for a lot of people. And I think there's, I guess if you're on 
uh, a popular form of music, which drill is, it's a popular form of music. Sometimes it's an inflated bubble, which is going to be hard for some people to skate over, man. Like, I, I've been witnessing it recently. Like, if you can't transition out of the music because that's the music that you make and you're tied to that, your, your uh, fate is tied to the music. So you're going to struggle when it goes out of fashion. Um, and if you can't develop and people aren't interested in seeing you develop him, then you're going to have a really short career. And if time goes really quickly, but it can, still, it can also feel really long. So for me, if I don't release music, it feels like a lifetime has gone by, even if it's been a few months. Whereas people are like, oh, I saw you like, release a tune last week. I'm like, no, man, that was like <laughs> half a year ago. But people are living in a different time frame to you, but it can feel really short if you are, I don't know, on the scene, you're popping, like things are going well, people love you. And then like a year down the line, you're like, right, actually, like that was a bit of a moment. And the younger you are, the harder it is to deal with it. The first success I had when I, when I was when I was still young and like I remember it hitting me and I was also it was weird for me because it wasn't the music that I wanted to make. Um, so it like I kind of blew off something that I knew I wasn't going to keep on making. So that was a, that was a whole thing in itself. But if you've blown off something that you love and you and you like making it like draw and you're like, this is this is me, like this is where my I'm going to draw the line and this is my sound and rah, rah. It's, it's going to be hard to have a 10 year long career, man, mm -hmm. because that you, you don't really see that with artists, even like grime MCs or um, hip hop rappers, like they introduce jazz into their music, they introduce uh, garage or dance into their music. Like I'm talking either side. So like if your rap is more like you find a soul jazz gospel thing comes in. If you're grime, like the gospel thing, we were like electronic side of stuff. Drill is quite specific, so it's quite hard to introduce those elements in without it changing. I've, I've heard some uh, like quite creative things. It hasn't really quite clicked yet. Um, I've, like some jazz drill, which was, it was sick, but it was one tune, and I was like, I don't know if you could have a whole album of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is like a whole thing in itself. So, um, so yeah, if, if I was, yeah. And I know you were saying if I was younger, like, would I, would I you make, make drill? Yeah, if you was I, younger, if I was younger, like, would, probably just starting. Would it be? I think I'd find it hard to not be influenced by it. Okay. I'd find it hard not to be influenced by it now, but I'd like I don't, I don't make it. But yeah, I think it would it would be hard because that's it has been the clearest route into what people do, and it's not the same as when when I was younger, where it wasn't as obvious. Like there were no big. There weren't really any big rappers. It was Dizzy Rascal. Like, there were no big, like, rap rappers. It was all, like, US, and they still had US accents. Mm -hmm. Like, like, Sway and them, and, and, like, it was, it was still very US-orientated. Whereas now the UK has such a strong uh, rap uh, MC scene. You can see, you could be like, I'm going to make this type of music, and this is what I'm going to make. I'm going to become, I'm going to become successful through doing it. But I think it's going to be hard. I think the next few years are going to be hard for drill artists, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's not always. Yeah. I just think like it's, it's just going to be an out of season kind of time. If you could sum up your time at the Barbican, both being here, you've been here like many times before, but seeing the show as well, if you could sum it up in three words, how would you describe your time at the Barbs? Ooh. Um, interesting. 
mm, engage in. Creative, I think it was very creative. I think the way that the, the performance was and the play was, I think it was, it was very creatively done, um, even from the exhibition uh, and, and leading in into the performance itself. I feel like they were all, there was, there was a really strong element of creation. I felt like people have invested, which is not always the same. Like you can make music and not be particularly creative. Mm. Yeah, they're not the same thing, I don't think. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that, that's the three words. Thank you very much for coming through. Appreciate it big time. I hope you enjoyed okay. yourself. I did. Yeah, the play was sick, man. Yeah, it was sick. It was Thank sick. you. It was sick.